the League of Women Voters of Dane County, and Madison City Channel present Know Your Candidates. Hello and welcome to Madison City Channel 12's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the Dane County League of Women Voters. I'm Melanie Ramey, your host for this segment. And we're going to be talking with the two candidates for the mayor of Madison in the April 5th election. And to my immediate left is uh, Dave Cheslevich, and next to Mr. Cheslevich is Paul Soklin. And so we will begin by uh, asking them to take about three minutes and tell us about themselves and uh, their experience and their uh, activities and why they think they would be uh, the candidate to vote for for mayor of Madison. So we'll begin with Mr. Cheslevich. Thanks, Melanie. I want to thank the uh, League of Women Voters for sponsoring these discussions. Uh, I've been mayor of Madison for the last uh, eight years. Um, I've uh, enjoyed the job. I love the job. I love the city. And um, the, we've been successful at it. Um, and uh, I would like to continue to be mayor because of the challenges that we face uh, in our city. Right now, as we're taping this outside the studio, there's maybe 70 or 80,000 people. Uh, protesting the governor's proposal to end collective bargaining for public employee unions in our state. And it has really uh, galvanized, I think, uh, a progressive movement in our state. And I want to continue to be part of that. Uh, we've governed the city in the last eight years through some good times, through some very tough times. The last three budgets have been among the toughest in recent Madison history as we face the deepest recession since, since the Great Depression. And we know that Scott Walker's going to throw some more things at us, but We've uh, demonstrated in the past that we can weather those challenges and we'll weather these. And I really want to show that the city of Madison, with its progressive policies, uh, can be a shining example of how well progressive government works in the United States. In, in, in stark contrast to what's uh, coming out of, um, of uh, Governor Walker, uh, we here in the city of Madison believe in open government. We believe in being an open society and an open city. Uh, we welcome new ideas, we welcome diversity, we invest in our infrastructure, we take care of our workers, and all those things lead to one of the strongest economies in the entire country. We have a 4.4% unemployment rate, that's uh, still too high for Madison, but among the lowest in the nation. Our uh, property values are holding their own, uh, better than just about any other community in the nation. And we continue to care for our environment and do so many other things. So I'm excited about the job. Uh, I know we're going to have challenges, but we're tested to meet those challenges. And I want to carry Madison through the next four years. Okay, Mr. Sovereign. Thank you and thank the League for having uh, us uh, share our thoughts. I served as the mayor of Madison for 14 years. And during those 14 years, we dealt with some very complicated and difficult issues. That, co that required the cooperation of various units of government. We did Monona Terrace. We also worked with both the state and the federal government in bringing thousands of units of affordable housing to the city of Madison. We worked in areas of transportation and developed the finest transit system in the United States. We worked to develop the very first bicycle uh, paths. And uh, one of the things I was most proud of was the loop around Lake Monona, which I often said was the best thing that ever happened. It cost only $50,000. It has no moving par parts and brings uh, joy and, and, and a fine transportation experience to 
thousands of, of Madisonians every week. We've got these challenging problems. They occurred when the recession began, and they're obviously going to get worse. Uh, during my, my tenure as, as mayor, uh, for 10 of those years, I, I served with a Republican governor, worked with that Republican governor, sometimes had challenges. But the most important thing is, whether it was fiscal matters or it was development issues, it involved the engagement of the people of the city and it involved working together. The job of the mayor, I think, is, is really to bring together disparate in, in, interests and get us focused on what now is the most important thing, and that is jobs. It's the economy and it's jobs. Now, there are many areas where the city is not responsible, but when we look and see that 48%, 49% of our children in the Madison Public Schools are at or below the poverty level in terms of the household income, We've got to work in the areas of childcare, health, employment training, transportation, financial literacy, um, and, and, and these areas and bring together a concerted effort to make a difference. When I was mayor, the city of Madison was usually vying for, with Lincoln, Nebraska to have the lowest unemployment rate in the United States. Our unemployment rate was always two-thirds lower than the rest of the nation. Now we're only half of that. So we know we've got challenges for the future. Um, as both of you are well aware, um, probably when the governor releases his budget, uh, there are going to be additional cuts to municipalities. And I'm just wondering, when you think about how should the city go about prioritizing uh, what it does with less money than it probably has now? And maybe, Mr. Soglin, you would go first. Well, we're going to have to obviously make some changes. During my administrations, we always had contingency plans, whether we were anticipating a natural disaster or we were looking at the possibility of cuts. And let me mention, if I didn't in the opening, that during my tenure as mayor, we had more cuts by the state's formula and revenue sharing than at any other time. Well, there are things that can be done. A number of things I would get to immediately. Besides having a contingency plan, first thing we do is we make some cuts in the mayor's office. I've been there, I've done it. There's at least $130,000 involving the elimination of one position as well as a $30,000 contract that can just go. That's, that's starters. Second thing is we saw through the work of, of Mayor Sensenbrenner and continued by, by me in the 1990s that the effort for total quality really made a difference. We were saving just one program alone involving the streets division over $600,000 a year. The other part of the problem, and I, I, I certainly don't hold, hold Mayor Cheslovich responsible for this right now, is the problem of overtime in, in several of the city agencies. Clearly what the uh, Madison Police Department is incurring because of the response to, to Governor Walker's proposal is unmanageable. But in terms of routine overtime, we can do a lot better. The city has done a lot better in regards to transportation, the fire department, and the police department. Those are all areas to address. Okay, Mr. Chesley. Well, we ha we've had experience managing through some very difficult fiscal times. Uh, in my very first budget before the recession, uh, I took a large hit in uh, shared revenue payments and we managed that. In the last uh, three budgets, <coughs> we've dealt with the deepest recession since the Great Depression. All of our revenue sources 
are down. And yet we've maintained city services. We sure have gotten more efficient and tightened up here or there. But I'm very proud of the fact that in the last two years, uh, we have not dipped into the city's long-term savings account. We have a $25 million unrestricted reserve. And you'd think that over the course of the last few years, we'd be tempted to go to there, go to that. But we haven't. We've maintained it. It's one of the reasons we continue to have a AAA bond rating. We're among the few uh, municipalities in the entire country that has that kind of bond rating. Let me tell you what that means. When we went out to borrow last September, uh, one of our bond issues was about $45 million. Our interest rate on that was 0.8%, not 8%, but 8 tenths of 1%. Um, and that owes to the fact that uh, the city is so well managed that our fiscal house is uh, in order to such a great extent. Uh, now, going forward, I have to disagree with Paul about eliminating the fiscal efficiency auditor. That's exactly the kind of position we should keep. Uh, the whole point of that position is to help us make city government uh, more efficient. The fiscal efficiency auditor, among many other things, runs a program called the Natural Step. And the Natural Step is essentially the latest generation of uh, organization efficiency philosophies. This one starts with the environment. It starts with four simple principles that we uh, educate all of our 2700 full-time employees in. And then it's very democratic with a small d. They give us ideas about how to make city government uh, more efficient. Uh, there have been literally dozens of ideas that we have implemented, implemented over the course of the last uh, four or five years under this program. Let me talk about just one because it's a simple one that, that I like. Uh, city of Madison owns a big bus barn where we store our buses overnight. There's an area, a bay, in which we service those buses and that needs to be comfortable for the workers, say 68 degrees or so. Uh, where we store the buses, it can be any temperature. Um, there is a big gap between where we service the buses and store them. And uh, our, we told our employees, look, saving energy is important in the Natural Step program. What can we do about it? Our Metro employees said, well, why don't you put in a door between where you service the buses and where you store them? Uh, simple answer, but you got to ask the right question. We installed that door. It was very expensive, $70,000 door, but we paid back that investment in one year. And having a position that looks for that kind of simple, straightforward efficiency in city government pays dividends. Uh, mentioning the bus barn and that sort of thing <clears throat> makes me think about and something you were saying is some things that happen are beyond control and now we're seeing a rise in gas prices and uh, this of course impacts uh, transportation and so forth um, and so I'm wondering how, how you think the city might respond to that uh, will you, you know will we need to raise the bus fares again or what can be done to really sort of address that uh, uh, who knows where the end's going to be in terms of gas prices? Maybe you'd like to begin. Sure. Well, the the upside of high gas prices is that it uh, it results in higher ridership on Madison Metro. Uh, the downside, of course, is it hits our budget. Now, it, we look, we're looking smart this year because uh, uh, we watch the market and, and try to lock in at a certain price. This year, we happen to lock in on a a price that looks good right now. I don't want to play that up too much because mm -hmm. sometimes we make the wrong decision, yeah. but in this last year we're looking good and, and actually saving quite a bit of money because we locked in at a lower price. But uh, that contract doesn't last forever and mm -hmm. eventually we're going to experience these higher prices. It is inevitable. Uh, oil is a finite resource as we have growing economies, particularly in China uh, and, uh, and, and India. 
uh, they're going to demand more of that finite resource. Inevitably, the cost uh, is going to go up. And we need to respond to that. Our mass metro bus system uh, is in one of the healthiest bus systems uh, in the entire country. Uh, we're uh, flirting with 14 million rides this last year, which uh, is, is near a record. And we've been able to expand service in the last uh, couple of years. I would have liked to have a regional transit authority in place. Uh, I wish we had gone for a referendum back in November. We didn't, unfortunately. And now it appears that the uh, Republican legislature may be on the cusp of repealing our RTA. That it would be a terribly wrong-headed move. We'll fight it. Uh, we hope it doesn't happen. Uh, but even if it does, we have a rock-solid mass and metro system. It's growing its reserve, not shrinking it. Uh, it's been expanding its service, not, uh, not decreasing it. And its ridership is going up, not down. Mr. Soglin. As you know, when I served as mayor in the 1970s, that's when we really built the Madison Metro bus system. That is when, through the late 70s and early 80s, we set all the transit records, and it is gratifying to see that we are getting back to those service levels now. There's several critical things that we can do as we look at both the possibility of the state's action on transportation as well as the, the consequences with, with rising fuel prices. First thing we, we need to do is, with or without the RTA, we have to take the initiative and go to surrounding communities and work with them to develop their participation with express routes and runs into the city of Madison. We don't have to wait for anybody else to do that. That's the first thing we do. The second thing we do is we take a very aggressive position in regards to the Walker proposal of what he's doing to the unions because it does threaten our relationship with the federal government. As far as I'm concerned, we have a contract and agreement with the federal government that covers our transit system, brings in the federal aids, and we have to make it very clear to the state and get the cooperation of the federal government in making the statement that agreement supersedes anything that the state may do to disrupt our relationship with the feds. They cannot jeopardize our $7 million or the tens of millions of dollars around the state. The other thing we need to do is rejoin the U.S. Conference of Mayors. The U.S. Conference of Mayors may have some, some issues that, that Dave doesn't like in regards to corporate sponsorship, but the bottom line is that organization is an effective partner for cities in terms of dealing with the federal government to get us the protections we need, not just in transportation, but in housing and community development. Every major piece of legislation that has come through the 1960s to this decade, whether we start with the old block grant monies or we come forward to the, the recent stimulus package, that has been done with the cooperation of the U.S. Conference of Mayors and its member cities. In addition, when those laws are written with their funding formulas, it's very important to be at the table to discuss that to make sure cities like Madison not only are in the funding formulas, but we know of the discretionary programming. For example, we've done very poorly in recent years in getting housing money for affordable housing for working families here into Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I'm sure you're both well aware that we're going to have a new county executive uh, after April. And I'm wondering how you think uh, you might go about uh, developing a good working relationship with that uh, new person. And I guess, Mr. Soglin, you get to go first. 
Well, the first thing is is that the mayor and the county executive have to be working together, know each other's agendas, and sharing thoughts on these commonality of problems. For example, when it comes to dealing with poverty and jobs, I'd mentioned several areas, transportation, housing. Uh, one of the critical things that the county does is it supplies social workers to service all of Dane County, including the city of Madison. We have learned as we have fought poverty that the presence of those social workers, which report to the county, are very critical. Same thing is true in terms of the utilization of public nurses. They've been very effective in the city's neighborhood resource teams. We used to have a dozen of them involved. We've got to reestablish that. The second thing, and flowing from the, 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 these, these types of services, the staff, the staffs of both governments have to know each other, work together, and look at each other as part of a team. And then the last thing that we need to ensure, as, as I'd mentioned earlier, is surrounding communities. Take the town of Madison, which, which in terms of, of poverty is, is, is one of the most serious uh, in, 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 in not just Dane County, but in the state. We have to get the cooperation and the county becomes the link to working with the town of Madison, working with uh, the town of Burke. And that way I think we can bring we, we can bring together all of these disparate elements along with the very valuable partner, the nonprofits, the private sector, and we can really make things happen in Dane County. Mr. Jeslevitz. Sure. We've had a very solid working relationship with uh, the county executive, Kathleen Falk, in the last uh, eight years. Some major accomplishments have taken place. One of them was the combination of the city and county public health departments. That had been something that had been talked about for a long time. And, uh, and we accomplished it, and it's been highly successful. And the reason to do it is that public health and, and, and diseases don't respect municipal boundaries. Same concept applies, for example, to our surface water quality in our lakes. That's why uh, I think that, the thing that what the county executive is doing with manure digesters north of Lake Mendota makes a lot of sense. The health of the Madison Lakes is incredibly important to the city, and yet the city contributes a very small portion of the pollutants to those lakes. The real issue is the agricultural uses north of the lakes where the city doesn't have any jurisdiction. So uh, coordinating uh, with the county and with the Lakes and Watershed Commission is incredibly important in uh, cleaning up the Madison Lakes, and the county executive, uh, Kathleen Falk, deserves a lot of credit for the work she's done there over the years. Joe Parisi, I think, is likely to be the next county executive. Uh, if you look at the numbers, hard to imagine it'll turn out another way. Uh, Joe and I have had uh, a long-term uh, good relationship, and uh, I look forward to working with him and, and continuing some of those policies. Uh, even though Kathleen has gotten us off to a very good start on the manure digesters, that's going to have to be taken to fruition by the next county executive, and I, I think Joe Parisi can do that. Uh, in other areas, certainly the county is the primary uh, um, uh, provider of, uh, of social services. The city of Madison does some of that, but that's primarily uh, the county's responsibility. And uh, we have worked cooperatively with them on uh, a number of issues in neighborhoods. Those neighborhood um, uh, joining forces for family programs are still in place, still functioning. Um, they have had, obviously at the county, uh, some serious hits on their budget. Uh, a large, large portion of the county budget comes from the state. And so uh, they haven't been able to keep up and provide the same level of funding for those services that I know that the county executive would have liked to. But there again, 
uh, Joe Parisi, if he is the next county executive, has been an advocate for those programs. So uh, I'm looking forward to working with the next county executive on the important issues that face our city. And when you think about those regional issues, they're primarily lake water quality, uh, human services, and transportation. Um, both of you gentlemen have indicated that you probably hold uh, different opinions on various subjects from the new governor, and yet uh, it's going to be uh, important to be able to work with the state government. So I'm just wondering, when you think about that challenge, uh, how you think you might go about establishing uh, some sort of uh, cooperative uh, relationship? Mm -hmm. And I guess you get to go first now, Mr. Sure, Chesley. well, Paul mentions working with Tommy Thompson, and uh, uh, Tommy Thompson was a very different animal than this governor. Uh, Tommy Thompson, uh, certainly compared to Scott Walker, uh, can be thought of as a moderate. Uh, and if you look back at uh, Tommy Thompson's record, he actually invested a lot of resources in the state, and he was governor in a time of uh, general prosperity. Uh, we have uh, now Scott Walker, a, a very firm ideologue, governing in a time of, uh, unfortunately, some continuing recession. And so it's a very different environment. Also, of course, we have Republican-held Republican legislatures. I think. When Tommy was governor, I think it was a total of six months out of 14 years in which he didn't have at least one house in Democratic control. So the dynamic is completely different. Uh, first of all, I think we need a mayor of Madison who's going to stand up to this governor uh, because Scott Walker's values and approach are very anti, very un-Madison. Uh, it's not the way we do business in our city. Frankly, I don't think it's the way we should be doing business in our state. Uh, what he is doing uh, in, in trying to destroy 40 years of labor peace and end collective bargaining for public employee unions, I, I think is just uh, appalling. And, uh, and we should stand up and say that. Uh, now, you know, you also need to have some kind of working relationship with, with him. And uh, so we have established a, a, a dialogue. I can call up his office. I just did yesterday to talk about some of the details of the protests that were going on in the square. And uh, I can get a, a return call. Um, and, and this goes back to another issue Paul raised uh, about the lobbyist. We do have a, a lobbyist contract for the city of Madison. I established that a few years ago. That's valuable, and here's why. Uh, if you're locked into one person working for the city as a city's representative up in the Capitol, that person has his or her contacts. When, uh, when administrations change, you're still stuck with that person if they're working for the city. Uh, by having a contract lobbyist, you can move to someone who has different contacts. In our case, uh, we hired a, a guy named Jeremy Shepard, uh, who is largely a, a GOP background and, uh, and can talk to people that, frankly, uh, someone with a Democratic background wouldn't have the opportunity to do it. So it gives us that uh, level of flexibility. But the bottom line is, uh, while we need to have some kind of working relationship in a practical way, I think the mayor of Madison in this environment has to stand up to Scott Walker and his policies. Okay, Mr. Sagler. It's been uh, a very difficult couple of months with the, the new Walker administration. There's no question about that. You know, first, he, he killed the, uh, the rail system. The second thing is now what's happening in terms of, of collective bargaining. What we have to understand is that he's working in an environment that has built for several years. And while I've tried to be a voice, even as a, as a private citizen, standing up for public employees and for the work they do, that's a job that needs to be done every single day. And there's some things that the public has to understand about the people that work for them. 
for one thing, while it's true that Wisconsin and Madison workers do receive more in terms of fringe benefits in health care than other public employees in the United States, they did that at a cost, and that cost was their agreement to take lower increases in terms of their salaries. So they're not really overcompensated when you look at salary and fringe benefits. The second thing we have to understand about not just our state workers, but our local workers at all levels, city, county, and the school district, is that here in Wisconsin, we are getting a bargain. Even though uh, we, we might be a little higher on that, that overall salary uh, uh, package, we are getting significant benefits in terms of the efficiency and productivity of those workers. It seems to me that when the state is saving over $400 million a year and local units of government are saving a similar amount by not having more workers who are inefficient, we ought to say thank you to these public employees as they push forward being more productive. That's the message we have to get to Governor Walker. That's the message we have to get to the people who are served by public empl employees. And I think that's the base for starting the discussion. Now, uh, I have not been in office during Governor Walker's uh, tenure here. I'm not the mayor, and I wouldn't uh, uh, be so presumptuous as to call the governor um, and, 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 and uh, uh, tell him what I, what I think, other than the fact that for since the very first day of these demonstrations, uh, I was there on that very f first Saturday when only about 150 uh, teaching assistants and some others of us gathered at the steps of the Memorial Union. But the point is this. We're going to have to address the governor directly, but we also have to build partnerships with surrounding communities, surrounding cities, and build a base that can, in effect, change um, the presumptions of, of Governor Walker. Okay, gentlemen, we've covered a lot of issues, as you certainly know, and we need to sum up and ask each of you to take about a minute to uh, tell people uh, why they should vote for you on April 5th. And I guess, Mr. Soglin, you get to go first. Thank you. I think the critical thing here is, as we said in the introduction, is bringing together a broad base of people. You know, I've got supporters that are neighborhood activists and, and real estate developers, people who are very concerned about taxes and public employees. And they actually do have some common interests. They want a solid, responsible government that runs efficiently. When I was mayor, we basically ran the city government at a significantly lower average cost per capita uh, than the rest of the cities in the state. And that's been lost. We've got to get to that kind of efficiency and prove that we deserve the, the, the uh, confidence of the people of, of, of Madison. The other thing I think we need, need, need to note is that when we look at the city's agenda, it has to be crafted and formulated by the people of the city. And it's very clear. Jobs, dealing with issues of poverty, that's what's number one. And that's the responsibility, as I said, to bring everyone together. The only other thing I'd say in conclusion is, is to tell you what my wife had to say about all this. Um, when we discussed whether or not I should run, she said, uh, you're happiest when you're mayor. And I, I just really look forward to the challenge. When I see the people of the, this community out in, 
around the Capitol Square. I just can't express what an honor it would be to serve them. These Mr. are wonderful, wonderful people. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, well, this election is about the future. It's about who can carry Madison into the future, into what is going to be a very challenging environment. We know that for a fact. For the next four years, it will continue to be a very challenging environment. Uh, I'm very pleased and honored to have the support of a lot of unions, uh, the police union, the firefighters union, uh, all of the trades, the folks who drive our Madison Metro buses. Uh, they're supporting my candidacy because they know I've stood up for them. They know I will stand up for them in the future. We need to contrast what progressive policies can accomplish in a city with the kinds of regressive policies that we're starting to see out of the Walker administration. You know, when I listened to Paul's answer earlier, it seems like he starts with the idea that Scott Walker can be reached, that somehow we can reason with him. I think he's a hard ideologue who is uh, doing something uh, akin to a national agenda that has little to do with what's actually going on here in Wisconsin. We need a progressive voice that will stand up to that. Thank you both, and thank you for watching. And I remind you that uh, the election is April 5th, and you still can register at the polls. And I would urge you, if you haven't voted, that you do, and that you perhaps realize for the first time that elections do have consequences. So if you have any questions about voting or where to vote, feel free to call our office at 232-9447. And thanks again for watching. <laughs>